those when we post them online and uh, to our website. It is Don't Just Sit There, Do Something. So before I get started, I actually really wanted, I, I wanted to give just a little piece of a testimony um, as it relates to serving and kind of tell you a little, just a little piece of my story, just a little piece. Um, many, many years ago, I was going to a different, different church and um, this is like when I was 19, 20, 21. And uh, my roommate at the time, whenever I got a bad attitude and was a terrible roommate, she would actually tell me to go to church. She'd be like, you haven't been to church in a while. You need to go to church because that would actually fix me. And so when I was going to church, um, my pastor at the time said, Keely, we need you to do this thing. The thing isn't important. And so I said, that's not really what I want to do. But you know what? If it's what the, the house needs, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Let's fast forward some years later, and I, I came to this church, and uh, my husband, who was very involved in the ministry, uh, he has since passed on, but he said, Keely, the house needs you to do this thing. And again, I wasn't really interested in it, and again, that thing doesn't actually matter, but I did that thing because that's what the house needed. Now let's fast forward to me standing before you today. And I'm going to tell you that this isn't necessarily what I can say I wanted to do either, but it is what the Lord had for me to do. And I only got to this place, I believe, because I served in all those other places. It didn't matter what it was I was doing. Like I said, the thing itself doesn't matter. I didn't know what my calling was. I didn't know what God had laid out for me. I had no idea, no clue, and just didn't know where to go, but I knew I needed to do something, and it's what the house needed. So I stepped in, and I did that thing that the house needed. And the thing is, I'm pretty sure it says it in his word that if you are faithful over little, he will make you ruler over much. So I was faithful in those couple little things that I did, even though I didn't necessarily want to do them. I didn't think they were necessarily for me and somebody could have done it better. But I was faithful over those couple of little things. And God said, awesome, Keely, you're faithful over that couple of things. And I'm going to give you something else to do. And he's just going to keep doing that. And as long as I continue to be faithful in what it is he has handed to me to do, I'm going to continue to do that next thing and that next thing and that next thing. So I'm saying this to encourage you that if you have not started serving and you are sitting there and you're sitting in your seat and you're like, God, I just don't know what it is you have for me. I promise you it's because you haven't started doing something. Doesn't even matter what it is you do. It does not matter what it is you do. What matters is that you're doing it for God. Amen? So funny that's not even what we're talking about today but the title fits that too don't just sit there do something amen amen don't just sit there do something okay now that was just that little piece of testimony we're going to dive into the word now so we I said we've been talking about serving the last couple of weeks and the importance of serving and the rewards of serving and we've learned that serving is a requirement and a mandate and and things that we're supposed to do in that regard and we have this story here about Jesus and Martha and Mary. So in verse 38, Jesus went to a certain village. Doesn't even tell you the, the village's name. We learn later that the village is named Bethany, but again, not important. And he meets a woman named Martha. 
Now Martha's name means lady of the house. And as the lady of the house, Martha invited Jesus and his crew in to her home. Martha had a sister named Mary. Mary's name means wise one. So, and we see here in verse 39 that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his word. Amen? We're not going to let, like I said, we're not going to let little things distract us today. We're just going to keep going and get into God's word. So, Martha invited the folks into her home. She welcomed them into her home. And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening. Let me pause right there and say there's this point, we don't know a whole lot about Martha and her sister Mary. We don't know their parents. We don't know their history. We don't know anything. We don't even know at this point where they actually live. Like I said, we find out later on that it's a, a city called Bethany, but we don't know a whole lot about them, but we do know three, that they had three very important pieces carved out for them in the Bible. Three very important stories. And maybe we'll dig into how important Martha and Mary are in a women's ministry. I'm gonna call that a plug for the women's ministry. If y'all not there, on the second Saturday of every month at 9.30, amen, amen. Perhaps we'll be able to dig into that in the future, but for now, we're not going to worry about that. But the first time that we see them is here in the Gospel of Luke. We'll see them again when Jesus raises their brother Lazarus from the grave, and one more time when Mary anoints Jesus just before his death. Okay, so now, back to those two verses. Martha, she's being the ultimate hostess, and Mary is kicking back at Jesus' feet and listening to a sermon. Amen? So, custom in that time put serving in very, very, very high regard. When a person came your way, they were thought to be sent by God. So serving in that time was not about, I'm serving you because I like you. I'm serving you because, oh, you know my cousin from, uh, from around the way, so I'm gonna let you come to my house because you're in, in town. It wasn't about that. You were thought, it was believed that that person was sent to you by God. They were sent your direction because God believed that he could trust you to take care of that person. So you were responsible when that person came to you, you were responsible for food and drink, shelter and protection of that person or those people as the case may be. One of the first things that you would do is you would get them a drink of water. So what in my spiritual imagination as Pastor likes to say, I'm picturing Martha running around trying to make sure she has enough cups for everybody, like because that's what I would be doing. I'd be running around like, I don't have enough cups. Let me find some cups. Let me use this for a cup and what have you. And so she's preparing the food and as the lady of the house and the oldest of the three siblings, she's also there to make sure that there are people prepared to protect Jesus. Now, I said before that as a host, you were responsible for food, shelter, and protection of your guests. And I'm going to tell you honestly, when I initially wrote that, I wrote of your invited guests. 
And um, I kind of got like slapped a little bit by the Holy Spirit when I wrote that and said invited guests because it's not whether or not you invited them. It's about whether or not they came your direction. Like I said, you weren't supposed to just do it for people who you liked and people who you knew, and you weren't just supposed to do it for uh, the, the point of fellowshipping and, and just enjoying each other's company and getting to know people. You were supposed to do it because that's what God told you to do, is to take care of his people. So we have to understand that these people were sent in her direction. At least that's how she felt about it, right? Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, let brotherly love continue and do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And I just stop and I think about that because when I think about what we do and what we don't do, I know that we're not necessarily entertaining strangers as the word calls us to do. We are entertaining those who look like us or those who we feel comfortable around or those who we deem worthy of our helping them. And that's not what the word has called us to do. The word has called us to help everyone. The word even calls us to help our enemies. And that's the one thing that we definitely miss. So we sit here and we want to talk to the people that we know and we like, but we are supposed to serve our enemies as well. And when we serve our enemies, a couple of different things happen. And I know pastor talked about this on the first week, but I'm going to have to reiterate this. When we serve our enemies, number one, we get to understand them a little bit better and understand why they are the way they are. What, it, what is it that has them in that mind frame? Because more likely than not, and I'm just going to bring it back to who we are as people today, more likely than not, it's a complete misunderstanding of something or another and that they really don't need to be our enemy. But one the other thing that happens when you serve your enemy is that they no longer feel like they have a reason to hate you. They can hate you. They can hate on you all they want to, but you're going to continue to show them love. And at some point, they're going to be so convicted about that because you're continuing to show them God's love. They're going to be so convicted that they can't even hate you. They can't identify why they hate you. They'll either stop hating you or they'll just remove themselves from your life entirely. Amen. So we have to continue to love and serve our enemies. But that, okay, that was, again, an aside. I'm sorry. There's going to be a lot of asides today, so I just want to prepare you for that ahead of time. We're going to have a lot of those today. And then in Matthew 25, 34, and 45, Jesus is talking about the final judgment, and he says, The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. And then let's jump down to verse 40, and where he says, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So when we don't serve other people, when we only serve those people that we know and we like, we're missing an opportunity to serve God. And that's going to come back to haunt us in the day of judgment. And uh, I stand before you convicted of that myself. I'm not saying that I'm perfect in it. But what I am saying is that now I realize I have to be better. And that's the one thing that I realized about the word is that it's not there to make you feel bad about the things that you have or have not done. 
it's there to make you better from the time that you know better. When you know better, you're going to do better. And I say that right now, we all know better, so now we're going to do better. Amen? So we know now that we have to serve people and that when we do, we might actually be serving God. But no matter what, he called us to do it, so we're still being obedient, even if we're not actually serving an angel. Amen? Okay. I keep going off and on sides, but I'm, I'm gonna bring it back, okay. It's about the stranger, the person who you don't know who needs help. It's about the least of these. It's about whoever God sends into your path. That person that you walk past on a, a daily basis at the grocery store, you're not ministering to them. I know you're not, because I know I'm not either. We might do it to an occasional person, or, but we don't do it as often as we should. And there's people out there who need us. There's people out there who need to know what it is we feel, what it is we know, what it is we have hope in, and that we can get them onto the same path that we're on. But we're missing those opportunities to grow God's kingdom because we want to talk to the people who look like us. We want to talk to the people that we like. We want to talk to the people that we know already kind of feel the way we feel rather than taking this opportunity to get that person who doesn't know anything, that person who needs help, that person who has been looking and striving and trying to figure out what it is they're supposed to do and is there anybody out there who loves them? And they just need to hear, Jesus loves you, but we're missing that opportunity. So when we walk out the door today, I do expect us to see that person and make sure we tell them that Jesus loves them. When you go to the grocery store, you make sure you tell that person that Jesus loves them. When you go to, the, to your job, I don't mean, I don't, don't get yourself in trouble. Don't go there getting yourself in trouble and say, Sister Keely said it, because Sister Keely didn't tell you that. Sister Keely said that you should just make sure that you are showing the love of God, that you are serving, that you are serving with your whole heart, that you are giving to everyone as though you were giving to God. Okay. So Mary, Martha, and Lazarus showed Jesus love, and they took him in, and they fed him, and he loved them. I think this is actually my favorite part of what I'm going to talk about today. And uh, <laughs> they loved him. Martha, we don't know what she knew about Jesus at this point, right? We don't know if she knew. She probably had some inkling of his reputation at this point, but we don't know how much she knew because we just suddenly got her name. She just popped up on the scene, and she invited them in, and she built a relationship with them. And Jesus loved her, and she loved Jesus. And this is important. This is really important, and I hope you catch this. The next time we see Mary, Martha and Mary, they're distraught because their brother died. They get word out to Jesus. And Jesus, the word says that Jesus loved them. And Jesus came running. And Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. I need you to tie those two things together. Martha invited a stranger into her home she served him. She loved him. She gave him her best. She gave him what she had. She fed him. She gave him shelter. She protected him. She loved him. She showed him everything that she could possibly love. And when she was in need, she sent out to him, and he came, and he fixed her situation. So what I'm about to tell you right now is when you serve and love Jesus, when you serve and you love Jesus with your whole heart, 
when you give to him whatever it is you have to give to him and you give it to him honestly and you have a build that relationship with him you build that relationship with him and then he gets to love you he understands who you are you understand who he is he loves you and when you get into a situation Jesus is gonna come running I don't think you catching that catch it when Jesus when you build a relationship with Jesus and then you get into a situation Jesus is gonna come running and he's going to fix that situation for you but we don't get our fix in our situation because we don't spend the time building the relationship with Jesus we sit here and we wonder I'm sorry okay hold on we sit here and we wonder why is Jesus not fixing this thing Jesus knows I need him Jesus knows that I have this problem but you spend all that time complaining and just saying Jesus should fix it but you're not actually talking to Jesus you're not actually building a relationship with Jesus you're not actually taking that time to say Jesus I want to get to know you and understand who you are and understand how how you how you are and understand what makes you move understand what makes you tick understand what it is you want from me no you're so focused on your own situations you're so focused on your own problems you're focused on your own issues that you're not taking the time to build a relationship to Jesus and what you're ending up doing is asking Jesus to be your genie in that situation and he is nobody's genie he's there to build a relationship with you and he wants that relationship with you but the benefit of that thing is that when you build that relationship he's going to come running he's going to come running he's going to love you you have that relationship so close with him that when you get into trouble he has no choice but to say that is my love I'm going to go help them in this situation and that's what you want is to have that relationship with Jesus so that he knows that you know that when it's time that he's going to come running when it's time he's going to step into that situation he's going to fix it when that dream of yours dies he's going to jump in and he's going to resurrect it from the dead when that issue comes against you he's going to fight that battle for you but you're not getting that right now because you're not serving him mm. when I recognized that part it changed everything I felt at that moment it changed everything because I know I spent a whole lot of time in my personal life trying to figure out why Jesus wasn't jumping into certain things and it was because I wasn't doing for him what I should have been doing. But that time is gone because now I have no choice but to do, but to serve him. I have no desire to do anything but serve him. Sometimes it's a challenge, but that's all I want to do is serve him. And I know that because I'm serving him that he's going to come into whatever situation I have and he's going to show me what the answer is or he's going to fix it himself, whatever the case may be. But it's because I'm serving him. Sorry, we only got two verses, 38 and 39. Okay, verse 40. In verse 40 of our text, we see that Martha was distracted with much serving. And uh, like I said, she was pulling all together all her glassware and her silverware and trying to make up beds and, and pallets and trying to get people to, to protect her house to make sure that Jesus was protected as well. And she was serving her guests as a lady at the house. She was doing her job. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Don't get it, don't get it wrong. She wasn't doing anything wrong. And then Mary, her little sister, because it's her younger sister, 
should have been following Martha's commands and helping to do what needed to be done around the house to prepare for their guests. And instead, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. So then Martha got fed up. She got upset at Mary's lack of help, but she didn't say anything to Mary about it. She didn't talk to Mary. She jumped straight to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to do this? Or in my own, my own Bible version, in my mind, I, I, it would go a little bit like, Jesus, you see me run around here like a chicken with my head cut off and Mary sitting over there doing nothing but listening to you. Why is she not helping me? Make her help me. That's the, that's the Keeley version of the Bible. Don't look for that. It's not in print yet. We're going to get there, though. Okay, so in that instant, Martha went from being hospitable to being big mad in a split second. Serving to resenting serving. And the fact that she went directly to Jesus about it says to me that she believed it was Jesus' fault. She skipped directly over the actual person who was letting her down and went directly to Jesus with her complaint. And she got so frustrated with her task that she got frustrated with Jesus. So I started out today by saying that I really wanted us to be cautious of a couple different things. And this is one of them. pastor can stand here in this pulpit and tell you all the reasons that you must serve or you should serve until he is blue in the face, but I wanted to address some reasons why some of us don't serve and why some of us are scared of serving or serving again. So a couple things that I learned from this passage that I hope will help all of us move past our challenges and actually get out there and serve the way that we should be serving. So number one is directly in that verse 40, and it's that you should not get so caught up in what you are doing that you forget who you're doing it for. Your relationship with the Lord is the most important thing, period. It's the most important thing. All of these other things that you should do build that relationship with the Lord. They strengthen that relationship with the Lord, but they should never take away from your relationship. In verse 41, Jesus tells Martha that she's worried about many things. She was concerned with the water, the food, the sleeping arrangements, and being hospitable as she was supposed to be. And those are good things to be concerned about. But if you're letting that take the place of your relationship, that's a problem. You're missing the good part, as Jesus put it. You're missing the good part. You were, Martha was missing, and her, all her actions and all her working that she was doing, she was missing the opportunity to strengthen that relationship that she had with Jesus. She was missing that. So what I'm going to say to that 
as it relates to us is forget church as usual. A lot of times we say, I don't want to do that because I want to see it done a different way. Or uh, I'm not going to participate in that because I'm not the right kind of person for that. Or whatever the case. It's lots of different excuses we can come up with like that. But I, I want to tell you that church as usual shouldn't matter. If your heart is telling you that you should be doing something, then you need to do it. Period. That's really all it boils down to, is that you should be doing it. It does not matter how you feel about that situation. It doesn't matter how you feel about the other people who are doing it. If your heart is telling you that you need to do it, then you need to do it. Because you were given talents and ideas and abilities that only you can do. There's lots of people who can sing, but there's still only one person who sings like you. There's lots of people who can speak, but there's only one person who speaks like you. There's definitely strength in having advisors, but I promise you, you can come to me all day, every day. You can come to me all day, every day and say, Keely, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to tell you, no, I don't need to do that. You need to do that. I'm going to be there, and I'll, be, I'll hold your hand the entire way. I will walk with you. I will advise you. And the Bible says that there is a benefit in having a multitude of advisors, and I'm happy to advise you, but I promise you, if it's not mine, I can't do it. It's not going to be as successful as if you were to do the thing that you were called to do. So it's your responsibility. I can't execute it. In verse 42, Jesus tells, her, tells Martha that Mary has chosen the good part, and that's being with him. That's building that relationship with him. That is listening to his word and understanding his word and understanding his way and understanding who he is and truly getting to know him. The best thing about serving for me is that it brings me closer to him. And there's a couple different things that happen there for me. And I know it's not just me, but I'm... I'm not going to call anybody out today, but there's a couple different things that happen for me is that when I serve, I have to get out of myself. I can't think about what does Keely want. I have to think about what does God want, period. It's not about me. And I know that a lot of us don't serve because we have that as an issue. We don't necessarily know how to or even have a desire to get out of ourselves because that's what we're used to. We're just, we're stuck here in sinful meat suits, I think is what, what uh, a friend of mine said once, a sinful meat suit. So we kind of get stuck in thinking about ourselves, but that's not where we should be thinking. We should be focused on him and what he wants from us. Okay, I'm going to come back to that in a second. Point number two. Don't blame God for the failings of man. Martha jumped straight up and got upset because Mary wasn't doing what Martha believed Mary should have been doing, and she got upset and blamed Jesus for it. It's not Jesus' fault that Mary wasn't doing what she was supposed to be doing, but Martha got upset with Jesus for the failings of man. I just said we were spirits stuck in these sinful meat suits so people are going to let us down. 
I'm sorry. I don't think that they necessarily want to, but people are going to let us down. And a lot of times we get let down and our feelings get hurt. And then because of that, we don't serve as we should because we've been jaded and hurt before. But we can't blame God for the failings of man. As we serve, we're going to be let down. We're going to be frustrated by people. We're even going to be frustrated by ourselves. And that's where those selfish attitudes come in. We don't serve because we have this bubble around ourselves that we want to put around ourselves. Oh, and y'all done got quiet. I done, touched, I done touched some nerves, I guess. So we get this bubble around ourselves because we want to protect ourselves. Yeah. We can't protect ourselves. God can protect us. But we can't protect ourselves and be disobedient in the process. And unfortunately, that's what happens with a lot of us is because we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to protect our space. We're trying to protect our feelings that we don't put ourselves out there. Jesus just did the right thing, period. He just did it. If it needed to be done, that's what he was going to do. It wasn't about whether or not he was protecting himself from it. I mean, there's there's some spots in the word where in the Bible where Jesus went in and did what needed to be done and then folks tried to kill him and he miraculously got out of those situations and we don't even know how he got out of some of them they just said and he escaped and it's like whoa he es how did he escape these people trying to stone him I don't know but he did it and that's what we're called to do too we have to put ourselves in situations that aren't going to be comfortable for us I'm not telling you again don't go blaming Kisses Akili again I'm not telling you to go out and put yourselves in the middle of a shark pit and expect to not get eaten by sharks. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you need to put yourself in a different situation. It doesn't matter. If God called you to go there and then you're not doing it, you're just flat out being disobedient. You have to go where you are called to go. It's not, and you have to do what you are being called to do. It's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be fun. Sometimes it's going to be dangerous. Sometimes it's going to be physically taxing. Sometimes it's going to be mentally taxing. But the point is, you were called to do it, so you have to do it. You have to get out of that selfish attitude that we tend to have uh, as people. First Peter 4 and 10 tells us to use whatever gifts we have been given to serve others. But a lot of times, we use those gifts to serve man. We use those gifts to serve our jobs. We use those gifts to serve ourselves. But when it comes to actually doing it for God, you don't actually see the tie on how that talent can actually serve the house of the Lord. And that's wrong. You were given that talent to serve the house of the Lord. Now it's up to you to figure out how it is you're going to use that talent to do that. But just recognize that you were given that talent. It doesn't always seem like they go together, but I promise you they go together some way, somehow. But you have to go back to that point, number one, that I said, and get out of church as usual and stop thinking about the way things have been done for the last umpteen years and start thinking about how it is God wants you to serve him today. It doesn't matter that your grandmother mother's church used to do x y and z on every first and third sunday that's 
no longer important. What is important is what God wants you to do today. What is important is how you're going to serve him today. What is important is how you're going to impact the world today. It does not matter what the church is used to be doing. It doesn't matter that we do this on a regular basis. It does not matter that this is what we see and what other churches do. And we're not, we're not called to necessarily be like other churches. We have a set of people that we're here to reach. We are here to reach that no other people can reach. But if we're not doing what we need to be doing, then we're not going to get to those people. And I just need you to think about that for a second. I'm going to tell you because that one hurts my heart so much. When I think about it, and this is, this, is, this is my issue, and when I think about what it is God has told me to do and then when I don't do it, I actually think somebody might not be saved because I just didn't do what I was supposed to do. What if that's you? How would you feel if I was called to talk to you and I chose not to and then you ended up taking your life that day? How would you feel if you were in that position that you were supposed to talk to that person, you were supposed to encourage that person, you were supposed to love that person, you were supposed to bring them a bowl of soup today, you were just supposed to tell them that Jesus loved them today and then they ended up taking their life without knowing the Lord. I don't want that to be on me. So I know I have to do what it is I'm supposed to do. I know I have to talk to who I'm supposed to talk to. I have to go out where I'm supposed to go because I can't bear the thought of anybody living in the pain that I used to live through because I've been through some pain. I've been through some struggles. And at one day, I do remember somebody telling me, Keely, Jesus loves you. Keely, you need to serve the Lord. And then that changed my life. Now, if you can remember a time when you weren't serving the Lord, if you can remember a time when you were out there and you were hurt and you were struggling and you were confused and you didn't know what it is you were supposed to do, you had no hope for anything. You thought I could just lay down here and die. I know too many of us have been through that situation. You thought you could just lay down and die. Somebody just take me out of this place because I have no purpose in this world. And can you imagine if that person who came and touched you did not come and tell you what it is you needed to hear that day? Where would you be right now? We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. The word tell us, tells us to go out and make disciples. Yeah. And we barely want a disciple in our own home. Amen. Too often we think that serving, that serving is only something that's going to put us on a stage. Or that's not serving. Too often we think that we want to serve, and uh, I hear a lot of people, I hear a lot of people say, oh, this is going to blow up. I want to blow up. And I'm like, I don't want to blow up. <laughs> First lady is over here laughing because she actually truly knows that to be true. I've told you before, I enjoyed sitting in my little back room and having people not know my name or face or whatever. I enjoyed my little back room space, protecting my bubble and, and, and not being out in front of anybody, but that's not what I was called to do. But the problem is we often think about <laughs> that end step. We think about where is this going to be in 20 years. Don't worry about where it's going to be in 20 years. I'm not telling you not to dream. You should dream. You should know where something is going to go. But too often we're so focused on us. 
and what that's going to do for us. And we need to be focused on what it's going to do for that other person. That's where our focus needs to be, not on us. What's it going to do for that other person? Number three. I feel like today I'm just telling on my own self. And uh, mm, because this one was me too. So I guess I'm telling you because I know, I, I figure these things out. So maybe if I can, I've heard a preacher say that if, You've been through it. Nobody else needs to go through it who's in your circle. So I'm going to tell you these things. So hopefully you don't have to go through it too. So um, number three is don't be busy and think you're actually working for the Lord. Being busy is not an excuse. And being busy does not mean that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Let's talk about that excuse part. First and foremost, I believe that one is a trick of the enemy. Because what happens a lot of times is we're focused on life, right? Work, I got I to gotta spend these eight hours at work, and, you know, I was just tired, so I didn't get a chance to do my Bible study today. I don't have time for all that. I'm just too tired, and whatever it is. Or my kids have these 72 activities, and the thing is, you think you're doing okay because you're not out there in the street right. doing dirt. Right. So you think, oh, I'm okay. God is okay with that. God's not okay with that. <laughs> Wrong. I'm sorry. He's not okay with that. He's supposed to be first, right? Yes. So when you put all those other things before him, can you imagine how he's feeling right now? But you think, I'm just, it's okay because I'm not doing the dirt that I used to do. I'm sorry, that's a trick of the enemy, playing with your mind. He's telling your mind that you're okay, but you're not okay. And I heard Sister Yvette said it to me one time. She said, when you're not doing the study that it is you're supposed to be doing, you're still starving. You might be feeding yourself with food, but you're not feeding yourself with spiritual food. So you need to continue eating no matter what. Those other things that are filling up your time, they're filling up your time, but they're not feeding your soul. So the problem is you spend a whole lot of time doing a whole lot of other things other than serving God and think you're doing okay, but you're not doing okay. You're starving. And then a couple years later, after you start falling into that pattern, you're going to start to wonder, why am I not fed? Why do I feel lost? Why do I feel like a ship without a sail and just rocking to and from in the water? And it's because you spent your time being busy instead of being with the Lord. The second part of that is a lot of times we find ourselves serving the Lord, and yes, that is in quotes, serving the Lord and then think we're doing okay. Let me tell you why you're not doing okay there and why it's in quotes. It's in quotes because you're serving the Lord out of either obligation, not from your heart, or you're just randomly doing things and not to the best of your ability for him. You're just kind of doing something. And then you wonder why you're not feeling fulfilled in those things or why God is not taking you to that next step in your life. It's because you are half doing for God and that's not okay either. But you think, oh, no, I come and I serve every Sunday. I'm on the usher board, and I do whatever every Sunday. But you're just doing. You're not actually serving because your heart's not in it. You're not doing it because you want to be closer to God. You're, not, you're doing it because you want somebody to look at you and say, oh, she serves on the usher board every Sunday. 
serving. That's not serving God. That's serving you. Don't let that just being busy trick you into thinking you're actually doing what you're called to do. And unfortunately, we spend too many time, too much time in that one. And then the last point, and then we're going to go home. And this is the best part. Be joyful in serving. Be joyful in serving. There used to be a time that uh, I honestly would come into this house and I would just be kind of dreading it. Not because I didn't think I was going to hear a word from the Lord, but because I just kind of felt like I got too many things to do. That was that busy part. Because my mind wasn't in the right place. My mind wasn't in the right mindset. I wasn't doing it for my relationship with the Lord. I was just doing it. And now, I recognize that everything I do, I'm doing for the Lord. As Christians, we have this responsibility that many of us don't necessarily want to accept, but we have this responsibility that when we walk out of those doors, we are supposed to be an example of Jesus. But we don't take that seriously. And then we just do any old thing and then wonder why God is not blessing our any old thing. We have a responsibility when we walk out of those doors to serve God in the way that he has called us to serve him. We're supposed to put on those smiling faces and give to the poor. We're supposed to put the clothes on the people who are naked. We're supposed to help the widows and the orphans. We have a calling on our lives and we're not taking advantage of that calling to build our relationship with him. And when you start doing that and start doing that for him, and when you start hearing from him that he is so pleased with you and how you did it, your heart's going to change. I promise you, just one time. If you haven't been to one of our outreach days, quite frankly, every day should be an outreach day. But the way the calendar works out, we get one day a month because we share it with some other folks, amen? We get one day a month. And if you haven't been to one of those outreach days, and I said it, I said it last, not, not last month, the month before, when we did the November one. Um, for whatever reason, whatever was going on in my life that day, I just didn't feel like being there. I didn't, I'm gonna be completely honest. But I knew, like I said, that God has us to do these things for a reason. So I went. And when I walked out of that place, I had some plans after, so I had to cut my time there short. I was trying to figure out how to get out of my other plans because I didn't want to leave. Because I found so much joy in serving other people. It felt good to put myself out there to make sure that somebody had food to eat and clothes to wear and had somebody just to talk to and somebody to tell them that Jesus loves them. The fact that I'm even able to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. The fact that God even trusts us enough to say that you can talk to my other people and help bring them into the fold. Help me reach them. That's our responsibility. And can you imagine that God trusted us with that responsibility and then we're just going to shirk it to the side? I can't do that. I can't do that. My heart goes out to everybody. My heart says, God, I just want to serve you. I want to do whatever it is you want me to do. And now I walk into this place with the biggest smile on my face. I walk into this place ready. I walk into this place ready to serve. I walk into this place looking forward to whoever it is that's going to walk through those doors, whoever I have the opportunity to talk to, whoever it is I have the opportunity to even just give a smile to. I'm looking for every opportunity because I find joy in serving my God now at this point. Hallelujah. 
at this point, it's time for us to really do a heart check. A lot of times we walk in here and the song is amazing and it, it leads us to really say, yes, Lord, but then we walk out the doors and we go back to our old ways. In our morning prayer this morning, First Lady said that we can't put new wine into old wineskins, so we can't walk out the doors the same way that we came in. We get these teachings every week from Pastor, and a lot of times we walk out and we do the same thing and then wonder why things in our life aren't changing. We've talked about hope. We've talked about faith. We've talked about all those different things, and then things are still aren't changing. I'm going to propose one thing that you change, and that's serving. If you haven't stepped up and said, God, I'm going to serve you, like I said if, before, if you don't know what it is you need to do, just pick something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter what it is. Pick one thing. Pick one thing. And do it. But do it to the best of your ability. And he's going to find you faithful over that little thing, and he's going to continue to grow you and give you more and give you more and give you more until you're actually walking in the thing that he created you to do. But if a lot of us don't know what that is, and then we get confused and hurt and just lost, and we don't know what it is we're supposed to do, start serving. Start serving. Start with being an usher. Join the janitorial team if you don't want to be in front of other people and you just want to come in and do something. Join the janitorial team. Join the administrative team. You can come in and cut the bulletins every week. Something. But start serving. And when you start serving him, I promise you, he's going to start being there for you. And everything in your life is going to change. You're going to see revelation where you didn't have revelation before. You're going to see uh, pathways open that you never thought could open before. Those doors that were closed to you, they're going to start opening. Those windows that should have been shut, they're going to shut too, and they're not going to be able to be opened again. But you have to start serving, and that's where we're going to start. Amen. Give God a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I do see a couple new faces in the house today. So I want to first and foremost thank you for 